Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. Each week, we'll be talking with real people with real stories about things they have not said or done or have said or done in their workplace that required bravery. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Ed Everts, and I'm the founder and president of Excellius Leadership Development. Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. I hope you'll listen to our past podcast conversations, and if you'd like to hear past episodes, go to BeBraveAtWork.com, subscribe to our podcasts, and learn some valuable lessons about bravery at work. My new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High-Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Success, is now available in paperback, on Kindle, and in audio at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and any online book retailer you prefer. Check out Drive Your Career today. Our podcast today is sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies. Based in Woburn, Massachusetts, Cabot Risk Strategies has created innovative and customized insurance strategies for individuals and families, businesses, nonprofits, commercial real estate, and public entities. Cabot's client base continues to expand both within the region and within the markets they serve. And if you are looking for customized insurance services and solutions, contact Cabot at 800-222-5963 or visit them for more information at cabotrisk.com. I'm really excited to introduce our next guest today. I have known Rob Toomey for at least 12 to 14 years, and Rob works with leaders, influencers, high-performing teams, and organizations all over the world. It's been his pleasure to train more than 50,000 people, and I would imagine, Rob, that that number is probably a little bit higher, in unique influencing and communication skills programs based on personality-type preferences. Personality type preferences is a sweet spot for a number of people. And I'm really excited to talk with Rob today about the potential relationship between bravery and personality preferences. Rob and his wife, Carly, also host online programs that have now reached more than 165,000 people, which allows them to share their learning with new audiences all the time. Hello, Rob. Hi, Ed. I'm delighted to be here. Thanks for having me. I am thrilled to have you here. Very excited to talk to you about the potential relationship between personality type and preferences. And I say potential because you might say, Ed, there is none. Or you might say, Ed, jackpot, right? We could talk for hours about personality types and preferences. So before we get there, I'd love to have you tell our audience a little bit more about the work that you're currently doing and how you are interacting in the marketplace. Well, sure. So uh, yeah, Type Coach is our business, and we basically offer a suite of online tools that are really focused around improving interpersonal communication. So uh, historically, personality type has been used for what we call navel-gazing, you know, helping the individual understand him or herself a little bit better. Uh, And we're trying to repurpose that towards, you know, how do I deal with someone who's quite different from me in light of those personality differences? So Uh, That's been our focus, you know, doing live training, uh, coaching, and then moving over to the online space uh, a number of years ago has really allowed us to reach a whole bunch of other people. Uh, We are actually always happy to give HR people, coaches, independent practitioners access to our platform if they want to check it out. Fantastic. And, you know, I never imagined that I was a professional navel gazer. So that's good to know that I'm helping people do that. But I get what you mean. And, you know, I'm interested to hear a little bit more, Rob, about you know, uh, you know how the Type Coach tool works. So I just want to give you a moment to talk a little bit about maybe the online platform and the different services and solutions you provide there. Sure. So the first thing that the user does is they go through videos and animations that explain the different aspects of personality and allow the user to make an informed selection about their own type. 
Uh, they read multiple descriptions. It's very much similar to uh, you know, sitting down with a trained professional who's helping you understand what the preferences are, as opposed to a traditional indicator where you're asking uh, and answering a bunch of questions about sort of how would you handle this specific situation. Uh, once you've done that as a user, you then unlock the rest of the tools on the site. Uh, and by far and away, the tool that's most interesting to people is our type-to-type tool. Uh, a team that goes through using the same access code will see one another in the system. And when I click on Karen, I get communication advice given the combination of our two personalities working together. Uh, our job is to take the guesswork out of the interpersonal communication. Uh, it's sort of uh, EQ at your fingertips, if you will. Fantastic. And you know, you mentioned something earlier that I'd like to touch on for a moment, which is I think a lot of people believe and the experiences that I have had that certainly understanding your own personality preferences are important. And yet there's always been this mystery about how do I understand others, right? Because in many ways, it's others that I need to know more about when I'm communicating with them. Because as we all know, we tend to communicate the way we think people want to be communicated to, not necessarily how they want to be communicated to. So any tips or suggestions or experiences to help our listeners start building awareness or uh, tools or tips to learn other people's preferences versus just their own? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think the reality is that learning about your own personality type is the first step in the journey. Uh, and then the rest of the journey gets interesting when you start to think about, okay, how is my spouse or partner different from me? Uh, and what are the small adaptations that I can uh, sort of make to get my message across and, and smooth out some of the natural wrinkles that come from dealing with people of different personalities? Same principles are going to apply at work. You know, how can I uh, give information to someone in a way that they're going to be most receptive to? Uh, you know, it's the difference between the golden rule, which is what we tend to do from a communication perspective, give information the way that we would prefer to receive it. Uh, and the platinum rule is one step up, which is, all right, who am I dealing with? Is this person more grounded, practical, realistic, looking for a lot more details? Guess what? I can make that adjustment. And I'm just going to give them a little bit more information that personally I might not be interested in, but it's going to be essential for them to understand where I'm coming from and to gain buy-in for what you're suggesting. Well, if I think I quote the platinum rule correctly, it is do unto others as others want done to them versus you doing it the way you think is the right way. Yes, exactly. I mean, my favorite commercial is the one where you know the, the son comes home with the brand, like a, a present for mom and she opens it up and it's the set of power tools that he wanted. Right. So it's like not exactly what you're looking for, but precisely what we tend to do. We default back to our own communication style and what we're looking for. And by the way, the same thing is especially true under under stress. Uh, we tend to go back to our home base and we then have a harder time making those adapt adaptations and accommodations to other people's styles. Well, let's jump in and talk about personality preferences and bravery. And it's kind of an open ended question because I don't know how to ask the question. But, you know, is there a relationship between personality preferences and bravery and uh, or, or are there certain preferences that are more apt to be brave versus other ones? I'd love to hear some of your initial thoughts, and I'm sure your commentary will allow me to ask some additional questions. Yeah, well, I think it's a really interesting question. Uh, and the good news is I think there's a lot to it. So <laughs> we, we have, we have more, more than enough material to cover uh, and several hours worth if we wanted to. So uh, stepping back one, one click. So when uh, my team and I talk about uh, complicated words, and bravery is definitely one of those words, uh, what we believe is that people interpret it and define it differently based on their personality type. So uh, what one personality type might define as bravery might not look that brave to someone else. Uh, it's a natural behavior that comes easily to them and they sort of take it for granted. Uh, so I was thinking about this in advance, you know, evidence of bravery 
uh, examples of having seen it before. And it really, I think, is enriched when you understand the person behind the scene and their personality type. So one of my favorite examples is a gentleman who, uh, you know, was not a big fan of public speaking, overcame that particular piece. Maybe there's a small bit of bravery there. But when on, in front of the stage of 140 of his peers, he shared a deeply personal story and was incredibly vulnerable uh, in a way that I think um, <laughs> if I had to look at all the 16 personality types, his would be the one least likely to A, do it, and B, uh, do it with the flair and style that he did. And I looked at that moment as a true act of bravery for his personality type. Uh, but what's interesting is, you know, I don't think I would have had any difficulty doing it, nor would I have reflected on that as a moment of bravery, because that particular uh, sort of uh, skill set is right in my wheelhouse. <laughs> uh, so there's not a lot of difficulty for me to sort of do that. So I think that's where the conversation start at, starts at, which is, you know, what is bravery to one person, right? And how can I start to think about it in a context of my own personality and my own growth plans? So, um, I, you know, as, a, as another example, you know, someone who, you know, really struggles with self-promotion. Uh, and this is this de- describes a lot of people out in the workforce today. Uh, bravery might be speaking up uh, and just putting themselves out there in a way that uh, is really, really uncomfortable and unnatural for them. Uh, so to me, that's like a starting point for how you might think about bravery in this context. So do you think, Rob, that all personality preferences have the ability to be brave or are there certain personality preferences that are more likely to be brave, just like they're more likely to do or be, you know, other things. Yeah, I think everyone's brave in their own way. Uh, So, you know, if I look at my wife and I, we've been in business together for 17 years. Uh, She has uh, such an easy time having really difficult conversations with clients uh, and pushing for information that I just, ah, man, it's way outside my comfort zone. Uh, And so I guess like I could describe that as brave. I think she would say, what are you talking about? That's just who I am. Uh, So like, (laughs) I think the, the, the more sort of um, like the more I think about it, the more it informs my understanding of how we define the word. Uh, And so her bravery would be going against her natural personality in a situation that requires it. uh, And yet is quite uncomfortable and unnatural for her. So uh, she'd actually be one of those types that would be less likely to be comfortable being uh, very personally vulnerable and sharing an emotional experience. So for her to do that sort of thing would be, uh, in my in my definition, more brave than asking the hard questions of a client in those interactions. And, you know, it's kind of interesting because at a surface level, without me getting into it too deep, you might think that there are certain aspects of personality preferences that might lead to a person being a little bit braver. So, for example, a preference for extroversion might be uh, somebody who might be a little bit braver. A person with, uh, you know, an interest in uh, people might be more interested in being braver. I'm just wondering, you know, from your perspective, and the answer I think might be no, but, you know, are there even aspects or subsets within personality preferences that might lead somebody or increase the likelihood that they will say something that needs to be said or do something that needs to be done that takes bravery? Yes. All right. So I, I think this is definitely true, right? So if bravery is defined as speaking truth to power, for example, 
uh, then that's going to be an easy act for some people and a very difficult act for others. Uh, and that's baked right into the four-letter code of their personality, what, which one's going to be easy. Uh, I was actually at a, um, a women's leadership conference uh, the year before last when we actually had in-person meetings at. It was great. And uh, the, the conference uh, was, you know, featuring a uh, panel discussion of very successful women uh, who were talking about their sort of career secrets and how they'd advanced. Uh, and a lot of it was around bravery and speaking up uh, and fighting for certain rights. Uh, and yet the reflection I had as an audience member was that they were a pretty narrow range of personalities on the panel. Um, you know, partly because they raised their hand and, and do a panel discussion, whereas other people would say, no, thank you. Uh, but also, you know, the things that they were describing were activities that come relatively easily for them, given their personality preferences. So they're checking the box for the kinds of bravery that we're talking about here. Uh, and yet I don't think it's that difficult for them to pull it off. Well, and I just want to point out to our listeners, uh, we are not going to engage in a uh, overview of personality preferences and the 16 <laughs> combinations and what the different variations are and things of that nature. If you'd like more information on that, I would encourage you to visit Rob's website, type-coach.com. And I believe it includes all information that you might need, including all of the services that they provide talking about uh, personality preferences. Rob, any other thoughts or observations that come up when you think about this just I, I love that description you use difficult word i can think of a number of difficult words that i have with clients that come up on a recurring basis and bravery is definitely one of them any other relationships I think for me or, you know what yeah where where i went with this conversation in my mind Ed, i was thinking about this i'd love to challenge people to define uh acts of bravery that are outside their natural personality preferences uh that you know, really would challenge them. You know, what would be the kind of thing that would really, really put you out of your comfort zone? Uh, because the speaking truth to power might be super easy for you, but being vulnerable with a colleague and, you know, providing an empathetic listening ear actually would be a form of bravery, especially in light of how difficult or uncomfortable it might make uh, that person feel. So I love, I love it when people start to challenge their wiring uh, and go into uncharted territory for themselves because they often find a lot of unexpected benefits emerge. Uh, so in the example of that person, you know, being vulnerable and, you know, opening up about emotional issues in front of 140 people, this turned out to be a transformative moment in his career. Uh, it really changed his perception within the organization and built relationships for him that he never expected uh, were even possible. Well, most people would say, and many of our past guests have said, that when they have demonstrated bravery outside of their normal preferences and always demonstrating it with res uh, respectfully and with courtesy, right? You never hit somebody across the head with a two-by-four, but you share something with somebody or make an observation. Afterwards, they do what I call the cheerleader cheer, right? They go back to their office and go, yes, right, that felt so good and it felt fantastic. So I'm not surprised to hear that for your colleague, it felt transformative, right? That they did something that was very challenging for them to do, but they stepped into it and did it and felt really good about it afterwards. Yeah, and it's actually, you've raised another interesting thought for me, which is I think people do tend to, uh, at least in romantic relationships, they're drawn to opposite personalities. And I think with a, a hope or an aspiration that elements of that person's personality will sort of rub off on them uh, and they'll find some of those uh, activities that are very difficult for them become easier over time. So, you know, the classic introvert with a very social uh, spouse is drawn out of their shell by virtue of this other person showing them the way. 
I think the same thing is true here. You don't have to be in a romantic relationship with someone, but you can find people in your network who are really good at things that you aspire towards and they can show you the way. And, And bravery through that kind of support network becomes a lot easier and it opens up that whole Uh, avenue of enrichment. Well, Rob, can you solve the mystery of the ages in respect to romance and tell us why people who are opposites are attracted to one another? Uh, (laughs) My wife and I are opposites. We're both extroverted and we're both judgers, that word we hate, but the the J word, but our two middle thought processing letters are different. And quite frankly, I don't think she'd mind me telling you that that's where most of our arguments come from which is how she takes in information and processes it is very different than how I take in information and process it. And, uh, you know, we've been together for 34 years, so it's not been a significant problem. But we hear that phrase, opposites attract. And I think maybe what you just said a moment ago is part of the reason that we like a little bit of what that person has. And we hope they'll teach us how to be more like them versus just more like me. Well, I'll say it as positively as I can, Ed. I think uh, picking an opposite type for a relationship of that kind is a brave choice. Uh, it's a daunting one. It's going to require more effort and more work. Uh, you know, but when I see people who are really similar personality types, you know, I think the growth uh, level is diminished unless you know people outside of that relationship are are adding to it in other ways. You know, you're going to grow a lot by learning. Wow, this person isn't doing this to annoy me. That's just how they are. They're really, really different from me. Uh, what can I take away from that and approach it with curiosity and openness, um, you know, at least most of the days? Well, I think it's interesting going back to something that we said a few moments ago, which is if, in fact, opposites attract, there is some importance of knowing other people's personality preferences for a more richer engagement. And if it's true romantically, p- potentially it is true professionally that we could connect with others. And if we know their tight preferences and we can figure out what I'm good at and what you're good at, our ability to work together is probably going to be more effective. I think so. And it's funny, you're, you're bringing up one of my favorite concepts, which is this notion that I call the dirty laundry principle, which uh, it actually requires a little bit of bravery to implement. Uh, but when I look at my to-do, as, to-do list, Ed, there's a bunch of things on there that I have very little energy or excitement for doing and typically carry over from list to list. Uh, potentially weeks or months at a time. Uh, And what's interesting is when you look through the lens of personality type, uh, there are probably things on uh, people on my team's list that they feel the same way about that I would actually feel excited about doing. Uh, But we tend to be reluctant in giving those uh, assignments to other people because, man, I I should do that. That's like the chore that, you know, I'm I'm supposed to do and I feel bad about asking someone else to do it. Uh, But if there's a little bit of bravery there, it's to take the leap of faith that this person would actually enjoy that activity far more than you would. And you can probably trade off with them uh, some of the things on your list that they would rather enjoy doing. And I think the same thing is true in those romantic relationships that you'll see the same dynamics back in the office. If you can navigate these differences at home, you'll see the same dynamics with uh, similar personalities at work, too. And and client companies that you work with, Rob, uh, when people have participated in personal preference identification, let's call it, uh, as teams, I'm assuming you work with them as a team to learn each other's preferences and understanding how they can best communicate and interact with them, as well as, uh, you know, how they can share their own beliefs and perspectives at the same time. Yeah, it's funny. So our our most active uh, client uses us under the banner of diversity, equity, inclusion, with the goal of increasing the um, ability for diverse personalities to get along uh, within those team environments. 
so that you're not only hearing from certain personalities and certain perspectives. So cognitive diversity, as we call it. Uh, and yes, that's the whole point, which is, all right, now you have cognitive diversity. How are you going to work well together, uh, given the communication challenges that are likely to emerge as a result of those diverse perspectives? Uh, and that's exactly what we're trying to help them figure out, which is, you know, what's the approach that I can take given my type uh, so that I'm getting my message across to you and we're able to unlock both of our perspectives on the same situation. Well, Rob, it has been fantastic talking with you today. And I deeply appreciate your wealth of knowledge as it pertains to personality preferences. I personally believe that you are the world leader in personal uh, uh, personality preference information. So I'm thrilled that you found time to talk with my audience today. Well, thank you, Ed, for bringing me on. I love shining a light. Uh, that you, I love that you're shining a light on the bravery topic, uh, getting people to think outside their sort of status quo is what I'm all about. Uh, so challenging them to consider different ways to be brave. Uh, the world certainly needs more of that. Rob, what are some ways that folks can get in touch with you if they'd like to learn more about the work that you're doing? Sure. So typecoach.com with or without a hyphen works. Uh, you can also just email me directly, rob at typecoach.com. Uh, and as mentioned, anyone in HR, anyone in L&D, any independent practitioners or consultants can go through our tools at no cost. We always love getting feedback from uh, those in that community. So just to repeat that, HR leaders, uh, team leaders, I would imagine, learning and development professionals can access and go through all your tools at no cost. Well, just the HR people. So if you're just a team leader, you know, you're going to have to go through a different process. But, you know, for those in a position to evaluate the programs, we want to reduce any barrier so they can check it out. And uh, we actually are also uh, making uh, we have an influence course where we're teaching people how to identify the personality type of others based on clues and behavior and how to adapt accordingly. And that's also offered at no cost to anyone in HR. Uh, so, you know, that's offered on an ongoing basis every month. So uh, feel free to check that out. Fantastic. Well, thanks again, Rob. It was really great speaking with you. My pleasure, Ed. Thank you again. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us this week. And we hope you join us next week as we further explore being brave at work. We also remind you to subscribe to our podcast at bebraveatwork.com and or download and listen to our podcast on multiple online platforms. We are everywhere. Our podcast today was sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies, whom you can reach at 800-222-5963 or visit them for more information at cabotrisk.com. And a reminder to check out my new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High-Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Own Success, which is available in paperback, on Kindle, and in audio everywhere online. Do you have something to say yet are not saying it? Do you have something to do yet are not doing it? Now is the time to be brave at work. Have a great week.